Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi, and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today, Mandy and I are doing something really weird, which is sitting in the same room as each other, having a good old chat over a cup of tea, like the authentic, like we pretend it is, and we're not like just <laughs> in different countries. <laughs> oh, so it's quite weird. So yeah, we've got a different way of recording, and we're in a different location. We're at Mandy's parents' house. And, um, yeah, we're having a, like, a proper chat, aren't we? It's very strange. It's very strange. So, um, so how are you doing, Mand? I'm good, yeah. Just before we kind of dive in, I guess, to today's topic, um, we've been talking a little bit about um, the podcast and, you know, well, a lot of things over these last few days we've been together, haven't we? And just one of the things that's come up has been, you know that we're super proud, we're super proud that, you know, 135 episodes, I think it is, um, and, you know, showing up pretty much every week for the last two years, um, and just actually, you know, how amazing it is that people listen, and how we really are really grateful, um, and then we kind of got to that awkward moment of our burnout and just how exhausted we are and, you know, is this something that we can continue with, really? And um, and then it, it came to the fact that if we got a bit of support on board, you know, it would help, right? Mm. That's where we're at. So anyway, long short, short, obviously feeling hugely awkward about this whole conversation, uh, we have set up a, and we shouldn't, I know, um, a uh, patreon just for the podcast so it is a pound an episode four pounds a month um we need a bit of support basically and if if the the podcast has helped you get today and love sober um we'd really appreciate um any support really so oh my goodness these do you want to carry on yeah so (laughs) bless you (laughs) If you go to its uh, patreon.com forward slash lovesoberpod and it's super simple, there's one button, you just click and then pledge that and as Man said, it's one pound uh, per episode, which we thought was a kind of a cute kind of number. Yeah. <laughs> and as she said, we'd really appreciate any kind of support really to keep going um, and your contributions, your listening you're tuning in just you know it's just brilliant and um yeah so thank you in advance yeah um so how are you kate sat opposite me looking ravishing in pink Mm -hmm. thank you dude um i'm all right i think it's been a bit of a roller coaster over the last month um <laughs> over the last year and then over the last month and it's just, just funny isn't it it's this mixture of we've been chatting and saying like we've not had a moment to kind of process anything really so it's almost like um yeah got that that feeling of 
not really quite sure because I haven't, like, I think a lot of people are feeling like that because of COVID, that we don't know how we are yet. We've not kind of processed it. Um, so, yeah, I'm a bit like, um, yeah, good question. Yeah. How am I? <laughs> I'm all the things, dude. <laughs> how are you? Yeah, I mean, same. I mean, it's bizarre being in England. It was kind of at one point I didn't think it was ever going to happen, you know. It's just like, all oh, right, that's it. Then, you know, but actually being here is not strange at all, and it just feels like I've just lost a year. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot going along, uh, going on, kind of personally for me at the moment. Lots of changes. Um, so, yeah, I think we are having a bit of a processing time, aren't we? Yeah, I and at the same time, like so much amazing stuff's happened, and yeah, it just it all feels like wowzer kind of thing. Mm. That's so such an old person thing. <laughs> <laughs> if one of our children heard that I just said that, they would actually not be surprised. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just like wowzer. Yeah. Um, but something exciting that happened was, and this has, hasn't happened for a while actually was that um, someone got in contact on Instagram and asked us a question. So we used to get these quite a lot when we first started the pod. And I, again, I guess it's, you know, we don't ask for them very much anymore. But if you do ever have any sort of queries or worries or thoughts, you know, just get in contact and we can mull it over. Um, so I'll call her Jay. Jay from Colorado in the US. Uh, and she says, I am currently 10 and a half months uh, alcohol free after two years of trying to get traction and flip flopping back and forth. So, you know, fair play to mm. Jay, like big up to you. Yeah, well done. Um, I am getting nervous about my year milestone coming up though. The whole see I'm better now, I got this thought creeping in. I know you both had similar paths and went back to drinking after a year. I was wondering if you would consider doing a podcast episode. We did consider it and we are. Um, on what tripped you up at that point? What to be on the lookout for, tips and tricks, etc., to stay the course and successfully push beyond the year milestone that seems to be so tricky for many of us. Thank you for all your sharing and caring work. It means the world to me, which is super mm, lovely. So that's lovely. Thank you. So what would you say to Jay? I mean, I guess... Yeah, what tripped you up, I suppose, mm. is, the, is the place to start. Yeah, there's two parts, aren't there? There's what tripped us up and then the what we did and anything else we've gathered along the way that we've seen that can really help navigate those kind of stormy seas that definitely a lot of people can relate to around that one-year mark, for sure. Um, okay, so in terms of me, I I think I would describe it as having the kind of perfect storm um of stress at work of the summer holidays because I'd quit in the summer 2012 2013 I can't remember and then so I'd done this kind of whole year by that point I think I got to 13 and a half months something like that 
and I had my husband's birthday, um, my daughter's birthday. We had financial difficulties, I seem to remember. There was some really kind of toxic stuff going on at work, which I probably could get legal on if I really thought about it, but it's all past now. Um, yeah, so there was just a lot of stuff. And that kind of combined with that year milestone, um, and I've often talked about the kind of, I was kind of white knuckling it quite a lot that year. There was a lot of fake it till you make it kind of thing, which was absolutely entirely normal. But I also think at that point, like sober communities were going back quite a long way and there weren't that many out in front sort of thing. So it felt like even by a year, I was almost like one of the most mature in terms of that sober time on the sober forum. And I didn't feel like I could ask for help, which was total nonsense. But mm. I, I've always used blogging. I always used blogging and talking about things in a very aspirational way. So I would kind of be very positive. That's I kind of lived into how I wrote on blogs. And so I couldn't, I felt like I didn't have any way of truly saying, I am really, really struggling. I just couldn't, I felt too vulnerable. So there was that, that sort of stuff. So I don't feel like I had elders around me to guide me with their tortures through that, that, that time. I felt like I was too old, like, like a little Bambi, like I was still on my little legs, but expecting to somehow expecting myself somehow to have all the answers to be bossing it so there was something about that I also think now thinking about it I entered the perimenopause that year and I, I'm, I'm realizing it this year because now I'm on HRT and I'm going through them I am perimenopausal officially but I will have been in that state for kind of getting on for seven or eight years I guess uh, and I was not right hormonally so there was a lot of anxiety that came up there was um but I now think thinking about it and learning about it there was a hormonal piece for me around that so yeah there was there was all lots of things like that like mm. not really having the toolkit having no self-compassion not really having any self-care or still no boundaries but expecting myself to have it in the bag and really like I've done a year so therefore I should be watertight there's something about that for me what about for you yeah it's interesting I was just reflecting on the fact of that yeah not having elders is really interesting I hadn't sort of thought about that you know because there was a lot of being at the forefront of it and then mm. sort of just yeah walking into you know there was no sort of alcohol free drinks there's no kind of uh, real kind of communities where you could socialise it, it mm. was you know still quite secret um, yeah I mean I, I think for me it was a huge part was kind of social isolation in it um, that I had um, you know I was living abroad I didn't have anyone any sober friends really apart from a few people that I connected with online um, and then you know, we moved, so I'd quit my job, and it was like, right, you know, I'm going to have this other life where I'm going to be a stay-at-home mum, and I'm going to, you know, bake and cake, do cakes and be really chilled, you know, and we're going to live by the seaside, and it's all going to be wonderful, and then we moved, and then it was just like, I don't know how to carve out an identity for myself 
as a sober person in this new place, you know, and and when you're kind of meeting people for the first time, and it was like, you know, we we yeah we met through my son met through a couple of people that seemed nice and everything and and then sort of I think I went to one party like as a sober person and I was just like I can't I can't do this like so there was that part of it it was the the fact that I'd kind of separated myself from the sober communities I wasn't blogging or connecting anymore um and so I was like yeah sort of worried and about my I hadn't my my so sober social identity wasn't formed Mm. um I definitely had a narrative about proving something to myself that I didn't have a problem which I kind of unpicked afterwards which was like you know if I can do a definitely a year was like a was like as you know something you know, if I can do a year, you know, then I don't have a problem. There was something unconscious very strong in that. Um, mm. Because it was very, very... It was, like, literally kind of um, about five days after, over a year. And it was it was a comment that someone made. It was just like, you know, oh, yeah, well, I think I'm just going to drink on the weekends, you know. Someone that wasn't mm. sober, someone that was just, you know, a friend of mine and... And it just unraveled from that that point. So I, I definitely had that kind of like I will be normal and I will be, you know, mentally stable and all those things if I, um, yeah, if if I've done a year sober. Mm. Um, yeah. So I mean, actually, mm. I I told those stories all the way around because actually I kind of, I, <clears throat> I finally stopped. You know, I started in, started stopping in December of 2012, it was, or 2013, and then finally stopped in that, like, April. Mm. So then it was a year round to that, the 2nd April. Um, and then I, then I started again, you know, because of this comment that a friend had made and because I'd done a year, I was like, you know, okay. Um, and very quickly regretted it. Mm. Um so actually I, I drank for about two or three months and then the summer holidays came and, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not, what was it? Oh yeah, then I tried, then I stopped again and then I started again. So then I drank through the summer until we moved, that's right. And then we moved and I was like, no, I'm gonna like be the sober person. So it was September when we moved and I was like, that's it you know, I'm going to be a sober person. And then by December, I was like, I can't be a sober person Mm. in this new environment. So then it was the disastrous, horrendous back and forth, back and forth for about two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it definitely was not worth it. And I regretted it pretty quickly, but I just couldn't find my way back. Mm. Um, and I really re- um, relate to what you said about having that. When I mean, we've debated this in the past, haven't we, about those milestones. Mm. Milestones, friend or foe, and that the year being a really difficult one because actually a lot of the good stuff comes further down the line, but there's that it's a significant amount of time. Mm. And therefore, like so many of us putting pressure on ourselves, expecting us to have the answers... And it's almost like that. If I am not bossing this 100%, 
maybe I'm failing, maybe it's not worth it. God, this is bloody hard work. Da, 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 da. All of that. Mm. There's a lot of narrative. It's almost like it's a sober high day and we know that high days are like the work of the devil, <laughs> aren't they? In terms of the amount of expectation. Yeah. So it's a really weird one. It is so good to kind of unpick it. Yeah, I always like check in with you know community members my clients like friends a, you know friend mm. stroke community member of ours just had her uh, her one year and I always check in with people and just sort of say mm. like like so versus that actually can be quite hard work and mm. can feel quite you can feel quite low so like how are you doing and yeah. generally most people do have a bit of a dip you're because there is that real yeah. kind of high expectation and it's yeah. like yeah like I did it and then afterwards the day afterwards you're just a bit like is that is that, that it, it? yeah so I guess the antidote to that really is that kind of reflecting on how far you've come so mm. it's like you know because you try, kind of go is that it but then it's like when you look back and it's like but what a change, you know, mm. and really kind of getting underneath that and really naming all the things, like all the little things, like, well, I don't do that anymore. Like, I don't shout at my kids to put their mm. shoes on in the morning because I'm not hungover. Like, I, you know, I don't know, like, don't talk to that person anymore who was call it, causing, you know, there will, mm. have been, there will have been shifts in your life. Yeah. Um, and then it's throwing it forward like further isn't it and just being like well you know that's a year I wonder what Mm. a year and a half feels like yeah it's setting the next well it depends how how you tick doesn't it it Mm. could be setting another thing for three months so you just move that stick in the sand a little bit more or it could be I'm going to give myself a massive sober treat like I'm going to a spa you know it could be like something like that you know so some people really respond to challenges don't they so it could be a challenge it could be a reward you know and and the other thing is that I think is almost like and I think this has come to me later which is this idea of resizing things of like I love I think I'm speaking about that things about being stitches in a tapestry and they feel really significant when we're trying to sew away but we don't they don't make sense until we pull back Mm. and look at the look at the tapestry of our life but there is something about that it's like we don't have perspective did you have perspective as one at one year old as a baby Mm. like it's still like allowing ourselves to be a bit of sober babies at that point yeah did you have you know, no, and then you learn a bit more, you found your toes, you found your fingers, then you found your environment, and then you found your voice. And, and it's like, it's, it is, it really does take time, I think. And I think in our world of quick fixes, immediate gratification, and high, high expectations, we really expect ourselves to have this stuff down, you know? Immediately, yeah. Immediately, or even by a year. Mm you know and it's that you've done amazing and it's like and yet we're still really fresh almost you know we're still fresh too we've done one we've done one revolution around the sun sober we've probably done 30 odd 40 odd not sober so let's give ourselves a little bit of time there yeah and I think that's what's so key it's like you know I mean in old recovery language I used to call it the peeling of the onion which is just I 
the weirdest analogy, but I kind of get it. But, it, you know, it is that sort of yeah. thing of just, like, it, it's peeling... You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's another layer, so there might be things. I think it's that kind of understanding that, for me... Well, let's go through it, I suppose. What was the next layer of the onion? Yeah. There? Um, well, for me, it was, I think, year two was about um, work-life balance for me. It was very much about, like, what do I actually want to do in terms of my mm. my job and my career? That's when I, you know, quit teaching for good. Was that the year two continuous yeah. since the last one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I finally quit on the 17th of August, 2000 and... Mm. 17 2017 mm. yeah so that 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 first year I guess was you know just remembering all the things that I'd forgotten you know so it was like rereading all the books and and making friends was huge mm. con- connection like being on Instagram mm. and actually going to meetups and meeting people in real life that was a lot of year one um for me mm. because I wasn't doing that like you know the the incredibly difficult first first year mm, you weren't doing all of the muscle power of no. it in the learning no it was like it's, it was that really weird thing of like yeah i couldn't get that light bulb to click on again but when i did click it on it was just like of course kind of thing mm. but my the first thing that i had to do was make friends sober friends like because you know i you know loneliness was one of the reasons why i drank so i guess you can look at it like that it's like what were the reasons and mm. then kind of ticking them off so loneliness yeah. was a huge reason why I drank so making friends sober friends um and then secondly it was yeah my work work-life balance what did I really want to do um you know quitting teaching for good even though we're teaching again now but in a way that is is good f- uh, for me um feels nourishing Mm-hmm. Certainly not in front of a group of 30, you know, yeah. <laughs> overprivileged uh, business school students. Uh, um, so that was, you know, retraining, finding my, pur- my purpose, I guess, sounds quite lofty, but that's satisfaction. That was the, the second reason why I drank was dissatisfaction. Mm. Um, and I think year three... Hmm... Yeah, three, I think, has been about redressing balance, I think. So that's been a lot about um, boundaries, I suppose, looking at my where I end and the rest of the world begins, Um, trauma work, looking at, yeah, that sort of stuff. A lot, maybe a bit more of the deeper... Mm stuff but yeah it's essentially kind of I would say it's not plateauing it's kind of it's when it feels good and when it feels the right moment it's kind of addressing the other the reasons why you drank and that's what makes it sustainable long term yeah and I I think that when if I cast my mind back to that first time and like you said I then it what what's a real kind of 
you know, a cautionary tale, I suppose, in terms of that is I know that I went back to drinking because I was really, really stressed. Mm. And I kept in my head, it'd be like, right, it's better to have a drink than a stroke. Like, basically, that was always in my head. So that, for me, that was a catastrophist, you know. I had an inner catastrophist that just used to terrify me. Um, and I also had, you know, for me, it was it was the trauma of, of, of you know, adverse childhood experiences. So I had no self-compassion. I had no way to parent myself and to look after myself so I'd quit I got sober Mm. and I'd used then all the tools that I'd used throughout my life as an adult of going for stuff and succeeding and what success looked like on the outside and presenting this face to the world of you know everything's fine I'm happy and shiny and whatever and that was very much like how I wanted to present myself um, but there was this kind of disconnect inside. Um, and then so, you know, immediately the wine witch started up. Mm. Like I remember having a glass of champagne at my daughter's, um, yeah, birthday party. And then I was like, oh, just, oh, the feeling of it. It felt like I, everything, it felt like an aeroplane descending. It was the weirdest, weirdest vertiginous, is that word, vertigo, kind of feeling I like it I don't even know if that's the word but this very strange feeling of when an aeroplane comes into land when you're dropping and I felt like I dropped and it was not nice and then I hawked on myself well I better not have another one because then that'll show that I have got a problem um and then immediately the wine witch started and I was fucking gutted I was like I really thought I was the one to get away with it which I said before and I said wasn't the one to get away with it and then like you said the toing and froing over the last the next couple of years and I'd do a month here and a month there and I then did five months and it was just like I couldn't I couldn't push through it for some reason I couldn't get it to stick um and I've spoken about this on a podcast before when I the last my last day one I discovered in the kind of pit of despair and this most hideous, hideous hangover, um, discovered Tara Brack and her reign of self-compassion. And I just felt like I finally, I, I made contact, you know, with that, with what I needed because of going through that process. And we'll put it in the show notes, but it's a beautiful kind of lecture and then a meditation by Tara Brack, who's a Buddhist psychologist. And it just seemed like, that was it. It was like that was the moment of the spark, really. Um, and I'd been doing all the groundwork. You know, I'd had a yoga practice for a couple, about three years at that point. So I'd begun and I journaled and, you know, I was doing stuff, um, processing stuff. But it was that. It was like, OK, everything aligned that day. And it, from the hideousness that that was, um, yeah. And and that was it. It was like I had begun at that point, that kind of inquiry into self-care, mm. sober treats. But fundamentally inside, I hadn't, I hadn't made that connection. Yeah. It's quite weird and almost... I mean, yeah. I think that's... Yeah, I think there's a few things there. It's that kind of, as you said, that kind of... I don't know whether reparenting work is the right, mm. but it's it's there's so much learning of just like you know when you've outsourced your coping strategy, 
Um, this all sounds really hard work, but it's not. And I'm just like, oh no, it's, it's never going to get easier. But it, it's it's kind of yeah. It's not. I mean, it. I think what happened for me was like. I think that first year. I mean, I did. You know, I was going to therapy that first year. The first first year when I stopped, I was going mm. to therapy. But there was very much a big narrative about getting fixed. Mm. So it was like, I'm fixed now, yeah. so I can drink, you know. And I think that's probably the biggest kind of, mm. you know, lesson, I suppose. It's like, there was nothing to fix. Like, there was mm. nothing wrong with me. Mm. I just had a lot of experiences that had impacted on me. Mm. So, you know, and we've... I mean, this mm. has become a real kind of a real kind of guiding thought, I suppose, that I read in the the book about burnout, um, of which I have had two. Um, and you know, and it was like, first of all, you deal with the stresses, mm. and then you deal with the stress. And I think, you know, the process of those first couple of years was dealing with the stresses. It was like changing the job. Now I'll be fixed. Mm. You know? Mm. It was like move move town. Now I'll be fixed. Um quit drinking. Now I'll be fixed, you know? But it was actually of course that was part of it and a very big part of it, but it was also like dealing with the underlying stress, you know, like finding other ways to release mm. my emotions finding other ways to sit with my emotions, um, healing the, the pain of the past. Um, and, and all of that will be an ongoing part of my life. And I'm not scared of that anymore. And I'm not like trying to hide from it because, because you know, evidence shows you that you can cope, you know, and that we do get quite skillfully re resilient to, to things and that's what's fucking brilliant about being sober because mm. I mean ever since we've known each other it's not like <laughs> it's been easy <laughs> we've had a jolly old time in the last two and a half years yeah like no yeah. no stresses at all mm. but you know it's it's that it's the continued development of the toolkit I suppose and that yeah just knowing that it's like, it's all right, that things will still be hard, but you're mm. actually just getting better at coping and there's nothing to fix, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think as well that, you know, I've sort of said that getting sober was that first super boundary. It was that first act of self-care of just like, I'm going to stop this because it's hurting me. Um, and then it's been that process of, I don't know, it's like loving myself again, I suppose. And yeah, and I think there is that bit of that reparenting. And it's, I remember not quite knowing how to do it, but having a sense of having my own back. Mm. It was like, what would it be like? What if I had my own back, just like 100%, like what would that look like? And I got a glimmer, and I remember I've spoken about that on the podcast, of doing my washing up, looking out in the garden. And it was amazing, it was like, fuck, life would be good if I just had my own back, and I didn't have to, all this effort going yeah. into whatever it is, how I process everything that I do process. 
Um, but that's become much more of a reality. And I do think, you know, when I, that lovely thing about when you get knocked off balance because life throws stuff at you, that being able to recover your balance like quicker and that, that bit about resilience. But the biggest thing, I suppose, is that remembering that the reason why we might go what you know what are the reasons why we might go back or start questioning it will often be a build-up of stress or impact that will have knocked us off balance coupled with messages from the media messages from friends and it will be a sort of a chipping away at what whatever it is there'll be some kind of erosion of the foundation so it's like the looking after the self, the reaching out to the sober community, the knowing that it's absolutely fine to wobble. If you wobble, it doesn't mean that you've failed. If you're finding it difficult, you're not doing anything wrong. It's just, wow, this is what's really going to let me just rest and recover my balance mm. until the dust clears, which it will. Um, yeah, I think that's absolutely key, you know, because it was like for... I mean, I think we've talked about this before, you know, I had my... I still do, out of solidarity and, and love and respect for, for Lucy. Lucy. You know, yeah. we, I think we, we, we both still have our... We both still pay our membership, membership. to baristas. Yeah. Because that was where, you know, that was... That was, was the our, mothership. That was the mothership right mm. at the beginning. And also now I, we both contribute to She Recovers because that is the... the Next sh- mothership. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, the She... She Super... Spaceship, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, what would happen always, always, always was that I would drift. I would stop posting on, you know, in sober forums. I would drift. My my gaze would start getting clouded with the noise of the drinking environment. Um, and, And so I guess that's one thing if you're looking for warning signs, it's like, you know how how much what what was I doing before that really helped that I stopped doing now, you know, what do I need to safeguard about my sober space that mm. I was doing before that maybe I'm not doing now? You know, it might be that morning practice that you were doing of like making sure you did yoga every day, but you've let it slide, and or it might be boundaries that you were really hot on before, but they've let them slide, and it quite often is that kind of disconnect with the sober your sober self mm. I guess and mm. and so you know fostering that go, making the effort to go to a meetup or like yeah just kind of reading a new book sort of igniting that part of you you gonna sneeze hey you oh bless Excuse you <laughs> um all of that is mm. is really really key because that's your that's your safety net really um mm. Yeah, and, you know, and just kind of, as you were saying, it's like, I guess that self-parenting work, you know, or that sort of inner child work or whatever, has those two sides. So it's like the the care, love, compassion Mm. side, but it's also like the fun, hobbies, like Mm. what do you want your life to look like, the kind of, you know, creating a life you love, all that stuff, which can seem super, super inaccessible if you have no toolkit in how to access the love of your self. Mm. So I guess it's like for some people, they get to a point where it's like, I do need to do some therapy or I do need to, 
you know, connect with a Reiki healer or I do need to, you know, have a mentor or a sponsor mm. or whatever it is to be able to help learn the techniques and tools to be able to self-parent because mm. I don't think any of us have got a fucking clue how to look after ourselves or to... no love ourselves um, and there's no harm if you're like "Ah, I feel like I've plateaued reaching Mm. out for a bit of help or a coach you know yeah just to be like right I need that next level of Mm. kind of skill set in order to be able to go right now I've really got your own back yeah yeah for sure and and also because I mean you know we're thinking about what we're writing about yeah. a little bit of a disclaimer but it's like modern life being really 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 stressful and many of us in that chronic stress situation and women doing such a lot of the heavy lifting um in terms of the caring role and unpaid work um and and that you know pressure to succeed and and all of the things all of the things on us and that's something that we've both become really interested in um is this kind of soothing the nervous system and looking after our senses because and this is something that's very dear to me because um of the fact that we can just get into all these narratives and part of this drinking thing that comes up is it gets really confusing and twisty and we can get very very confused about it and often it's because we're completely dysregulated and in in some state of chronic stress. So if we can soothe ourselves and we can, you know, find ways like we talk about resources, don't we? You know, what do I need? I need it to go quiet. I need to move away from the family just for a little bit up to my room. I need to settle myself. We can just deal with those triggers and those stresses on us, which basically if we don't know how to do that, and, and, and that's a really nice because it's not really confronting. It's not going right. You've got to go and lie on a psychotherapist yeah. couch for Freudian analysis, which would scare the living bloody daylights out of me, quite, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> that's just me. Um, but it's actual practical tips and tools you can use, you know, to engage your senses and to calm yourself down. It means that we don't have to get into the narrative and we don't have to get into that self-talk, which will pretty much always lead us to the blame place. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's that stuff as well that's can be good and it's fun and it's actually really nice and, and it feels good. And if it feels good... It's like, oh, okay, I might be in the right place here. Right, let's get that in the toolkit. Yeah, I mean, it was it was for both of us, wasn't it? Was that allowing, um, yeah, letting go of 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 rest basically, mm. and or not knowing that how much we needed to respect our own energy levels and mm. our own sensory needs um, has been life changing for. Yeah for both of us really and again and that's one of, and that's one of the the reasons why we drank you know mm. is to make it go quiet yeah mm. and it's work as well i think you know that's that other thing is again we can just go oh no you know that that things if things can impact us you know we have deaths we have divorces we have illnesses and we have things that knock us off balance again and that's why again all those kind of supports um are so important and knowing that if that's happened you know the answer is not booze we know that it makes everything worse but it's like okay what do I need always ask that question what do I actually need right now 
you know, and understanding that sometimes it is, it's all right that it's tough. It doesn't mean that you're not super shiny, <laughs> like yeah. sober kind of, I don't know, whatever it is. You're just, you know, we're just all walking each other home, aren't we? Yeah. Basically. Nice. Well, hmm. I think that's, we'll leave it there. Um, yeah. So what's your reason to love sober? <sighs> My reason to love sober is that is being awake to my own life um, and building that capacity to for it to yeah sort of be be in it <laughs> I don't know be in it and and yeah like for whatever it is, ups and downs and twists and turns, it's really interesting. Like it is actually quite interesting, isn't it? Like, mm, it is, yeah. <laughs> and that's one way you can call it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's simply that it's being present. It's being present to my own, my one world and precious life. Nice. What about you, dude? Well, I was talking to a friend, the same friend actually, who just had her one year soberversary. And she said that, like, you know, about four people that we know had reached out to her, you know, basically talking about their own experiences and with alcohol and, and how she didn't inspired them. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, the ultimate dopamine here, basically. <laughs> it's just like when you feel strong enough to talk about it out loud, you know, and then you can participate in someone else's healing you know, mm. just by telling your story and being you. Yeah. I was like, that's that's the that's like the the gold of like yes, gold <laughs> it is. It's got my um, oh. my overactive dopamine brain I going. That just, just like, gave me a proper you know and, and chariot so far moment. <laughs> yeah. But it is, you know, and, and and so it's just that because that's ultimate connection, isn't it? Mm. It's like she mm. And she was like, you know, well, I couldn't have done it without you shining your light for me. And I was like, well, you know, and likewise, I couldn't have done it, mm. you know, if it hadn't have been for the women that yeah. that shared before me, you know. And it, it, it there will never be a time... Well, unless the, we're all stop drinking in the world. Um, but, you know, like, your story... Put that on the list. <laughs> yeah. That's our next year's mission. <laughs> your sto- you know, your story matters. Yeah. And, like, being able to sort of... Mm. When you can share it and then and own it, and then, you know, you, you participate in collective healing, basically, mm. which is yeah. ultimate connection, which is the ultimate opposite mm. of addiction, is just fucking cool. Mm. That's, That's really my last cool. word on it. It is, no, but you've just made me think of, like, I've properly, I've just, you've opened the woo box. Oh, no. Right, anyway, next week. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking about, like, the whole, again, because of what we're working with at the moment is kind of women and talking and women's circles and healing and the patriarchy and God knows what else. But I was just thinking about that thing about medicine women and, like, you know, just by sharing your story, like, that is. It's like medicine for people. Mm. It's beautiful. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. Tip of the day. Tip of the day? I've got one. Go on. That's me clapping. <laughs> my tip of the day is find your toes. 
like get your socks off put your feet on the ground wiggle your toes close your eyes and like see if you can find all your toes and if you want more lie on your back there's like a yoga pose called happy baby and it's like literally you don't you don't have to hold on to your feet but you can kind of wave your toes around and have a look at them and i absolutely defy anyone not to cheer up when they're like wiggling their toes that's my tip for the day i'm actually holding they're like, they're like little piglet miracles <laughs> look at them i'm literally showing my trotter to mandy as we speak that's really rotten old trotter look how amazing it is i'm actually holding my toes so yeah i'll give you that yeah. um okay that was beautifully random um tip of the day um i think just that sort of this too shall pass like oh my goodness like so much has happened in the last month oh for both Kate and I it's just unbelievable Mm. if we could write a book about oh we are um (laughs) a book of just the shit storm of our lives over the last sort Mm. of well however how our lives (laughs) full stop but Mm. um yeah, just like the the gracious and wonderful knowledge that things pass. <laughs> you know, thank yeah. goodness, thank goodness for that. <laughs> thank fuck for that too. <laughs> thank fuck for that. <laughs> oh, right, so we'll wrap it up. If you're immediately concerned about your drinking, obviously send up a flare. Um, you know, reach out to us at info at lovesober dot com, and yeah and to don't forget about patreon patreon.com forward slash love sober pod and if you want to pledge a pound a pound a pod that would be really awesome and we look forward to seeing you next week for more chat